0: This is Coffee at KYUK, a conversation between friends and neighbors. Come in and have a cup. Joining us for coffee is Jacqueline Cleveland to talk about her work producing the film Shavut Chemirtuk. Our World is Changing. The film documents the effects of climate change on her home village of Kwinahak and a collection of artifacts that were found there. Speaking with her is KYUK's Johanna Yurick.
1: And I'm also named after, surprisingly, Jackie Onassis, Kennedy Onassis. And um, I guess my mom idolized her and named me after her, um, my English name. And as you know, in our culture, usually, especially me as the first grandchild, was supposed to be named Emma after my great-grandma who died. And... Um, I guess when my grandma or my mom brought me back to Quintahawk and said that my name was Jacqueline, her grandpa, my uh, my great-grandma's husband, sorry there's a cat, there's a cat, (laughs) Um, was a little upset just because um, I guess she wasn't following the tradition for that name. Um, but I guess once he held me, he, you know, accepted me for who I was. <laughs> so that's always a funny uh, story about how I got my English name. Um, my middle name, Kate, is after my grandma, Katie, Cleveland. And my Yupik name is Nalikudakh. So, and then there's three different ways to say that. Nalikudakh, Nalikak, or Nalik. <laughs> <laughs> there's so two short names for it. Or there's a middle short and a short short.
0: So what do you say when you introduce yourself to a Yupik person? To a Yupik
1: person? Kwaka Wakwaka
0: nalikaka kaluna,
1: Koyana.
0: So, Jackie, how did you get involved with this project to begin with?
1: So at the time when I met or when I got involved with TrimTap Media was when I was contracted with KYUK actually to help with some video um, coverage on the opening, the grand opening of the museum and um, show and telling of the artifacts. So at that time I was shooting video for them and interviewing in Yupik and they were the other um, media group and um yeah so we just got to talking and uh sonia had um asked me about dancing and the history of uh Yupik dance in the community and um we talked a bit about that and it instantly she wanted me f- as part of the the film in some way and um started off as a cultural advisor because um
0: and this is a film about the community that you're from.
1: Yes, so it is about um, climate change in Gwinnchac, but from a human perspective. Rather, um, I guess many times when we think, or maybe the gen- uh, the audience when, or not the audience. Sorry, the, the general, general public. If 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 you. S- you know when when you think of climate change, maybe you think of images of glaciers melting and polar bears and animals and and plants and um and uh, we're very much connected to to everything that's living spiritually and I just thought it was more imp- or very important to tell the story from a human aspect um, and subtly maybe reverse some stereotypes of um, our people. I don't know if it was shown or understood, but there were subtle um, nuances throughout the film where um, it's done on purpose in some way to reverse the stereotypes.
0: When you're talking about stereotypes of Velascanadas, what specifically are you referring to?
1: well there's so many out there but when when i think of it it's from a storytelling perspective as an indigenous filmmaker and um as we all know i mean yupik people have some of or the so yupik yeah so we that part you can edit out but, um so we have some of the most extreme um statistics out there Such as, I mean, we all know the highest rate of suicide, the highest rate of incarceration, um, and so on and so on, and and the highest rate of unemployment. And so these um, often become stereotypes, um, spiraling stereotypes. And um, film is... I guess one of the more powerful ways to me to to get that, you know, to, to send a message.
0: Or just to simply tell the story the way you know it. Yes,
1: um, and it's very important for me to tell it in the Yupik language, my mother language. Um, so going back to the stereotypes, those extreme statistics that are that exist about the Yupik people. You know, we're one of the last standing tribes in the nation. We still speak our language. We're the second, Yupik is the second most spoken indigenous language in the nation. We still live this subsistence way of life. I mean there's so many extreme parallels there like, you know, Yupik's designed one of the best water vessels in the world without any type of mathematics, Western mathematic background. So there's a lot to be proud of for who we are. I guess it's about time to to show the good side of who we are.
0: The film is centered around Quinnahawk, which is also the home of a major discovery of antiquities from your own culture. Do you remember the whole process of finding those incredible antiquities in basically your home? I do remember,
1: and Connector Inc., which is our native corporation, houses the the museum and the artifacts. Once I knew that the project was going to happen, and it was only after I found out that the elders accepted it, that it's okay to break this this one um, taboo of digging graves and digging people and their belongings. It was because they cared for um, its value and its educational purposes for the generations to come. But I think it did a lot more than that. There's a dance dance group Upic dance group that's been formed it's all youth they're still intact. they write their own songs they're their own composers now. We have many many workshops of just different ways to learn about the artifacts themselves such as um grass basket twining class or making fish leather fish skin leather and carving, and so on. The involvement within all that is kind of overwhelming because it's just so great to see the youth being engaged. And, yeah, it's very amazing to see our elders and youth engage in such a way that ended in having more pride in in ourselves Mm -hmm. and being Yupik.
0: Do you see the film that was shown at the International Film Festival as something that speaks to that project and did you ever imagine yourself being a character in the film?
1: I hadn't imagined myself being a character in a film because that's what I studied. I studied the craft of filmmaking and particularly documentary style is what I chose to focus on, um, but never did I see myself as a protagonist in a film. I just imagined myself um, being the one to be behind the camera. So for it to be shown on an international level, but in my home state, even though it felt like the film wasn't ever going to be finished, I just felt like something we couldn't miss out on. And if we don't take this opportunity, when, when are we ever going to finish the film? You know, we ran out of funds. I don't know how long ago, but I've been working, you know, I've been working at it for, um, voluntarily working at it for maybe a year, the last year. Um, well, all of us have been kind of volunteering the end.
0: What did it feel like to step from behind the camera to in front of the camera? And how did they convince you to do that?
1: Of course, as an introvert, (laughs) it was very nerve wracking, and I was, you know, I had told them that I refuse to be in front of the camera and um, that I want to be the one to tell the story through interviews and elders, and that's my style, and that's what I thought was going to happen. But in the, as we worked further on the film, we realized you know like do we have enough footage of to go with this storyline and so when we were checking or when we were trying to figure out which storyline to follow and we kind of had to condense everything to simplify and not um, not involve like more than one community because there were um, other villages at first in this film and then some glacier shots from South Central, but less is more. And that's kind of what I kept telling myself. So we we simplified it and kind of followed a few characters rather than so many characters in so many different villages that kind of all look the same in the wilderness too. So I had asked for all those shots from the South Central. We had included news clips in there and and, um, shots from, weren't from around Quinhoc. But, um, so those got eliminated, and um, we were able to kind of form a story from that once we knew to focus on Quinhoc, the archaeological project and the cultural explosion that came out of it. And that there is so important to me and if that was the only way to tell the story based on what footage we have, I kind of settled for that.
0: So you settled for being a character in your own film.
1: Yes, oddly enough. <laughs> <laughs> As you know, you big people are so modest and humble and never boast. And But I'm in the film industry, and that's kind of how, I mean, we, not to boast, but we, we have to put ourselves out there and be fearless. So it was a um, a level of fairness that um, I feel like I achieved. <laughs> and hopefully from now on it's, you know, easier.
0: So what do you hope to come out of this film? More help for the community or what?
1: The film is not about um, us asking or crying out for help. Of course, Climate change effects will um you know, you know, eventually force us to um either adapt and that just seems like the only choice. I wanted to show how, you know, resilient our people are, wanting to stay in place, wanting to keep this strong identity. A sense of place is our identity. And the environment becomes who we are. Yupik people, we don't think of ourselves as higher than a blade of grass. Every little thing is, is equal to us humans.
0: That's KYUK's Johanna Urich speaking with Jackie Cleveland about the film she co-produced about her home village of Quinnahawk. Cleveland was recently appointed to the Federal Subsistence Regional Advisory Board for the Yukon-Kuskokwim Delta. This is coffee at KYUK.